happening, good people? Ah, episode 17. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Rest in peace, Shock G. Thank you. What you're doing, cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny, but yo, I'm making money, see? So yo, world, I hope you're ready for me. I gather round. I'm a new fool in town, and my sound's laid down by the underground. I'm drinking all the Hennessy you got on your shelf. So just let me introduce myself. My name is Humpty. Pronounced with the Humpty. Some people didn't know that Shakti and Humpty were the same person, but it's fine. episode 17 of the anything about everything podcast i am your host miss jet aka the juice box aka the muse aka uh aphrodite herself somebody called me that once i was like i don't know (laughs) i don't know how i feel about that but okay i'll go off sis Uh, (laughs) you know uh like i said at the top of the show um rest in peace to shock g that was a shocker that we got i mean i like most of us in the hip hop community are not even, you know, really done processing. DMX is untimely passing, much less uh, Black Rob. And then Shock Jesus came out of nowhere. It was like, hold the hell up. What is happening? Like, I know they're going threes, but damn. Okay. So, uh, you know, moving on. Hey, listen, shout out to the listeners in various markets, such as, you know, the ATL. You know, I live for y'all. Okay. <laughs> Uh, shout out to my listeners in LA, Detroit. I see you. Thank you. Uh, also, shout out to the listeners abroad. Again, I'm seeing Belgium and Australia. I really do appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you so much. Make sure you come back and see us. Um, shout out to all the small business owners, especially you know the small black business owners. I know like we're in a whole ass pandemic. For some people, it's a pandemic. They get into the bands, but for the rest of us, <laughs> for the rest of us. Uh, it's been a regular as pandemic, meaning, um, you know, we've had to make some adjustments. Uh, and even though I'm, I'm, do- I'm doing pretty well, I know that there are some people who are not. Okay. So with that being said, listen, if you are out here struggling, trying to make ends meet, trying to, you know, rub two nickels together and figure out how to make a dollar, listen, this is, this is for you. I dedicated, I, I dedicate this show to everybody who's just trying to make, you know, Who's, who's just trying to make it through to the next paycheck, okay? Or just trying to make it through to the next meal because I know that there are some people that are out there. Shout out to the content creators. I know sometimes they can feel like you are literally hollering into the wind. <laughs> Myself included. I definitely feel like that sometimes. 
But then there are other times where I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. So, um, if you are a content creator and you just so happen to cross this page, Hey, welcome, welcome. Um, and just know that even if they don't, even if your likes and your views are not what they should be right now, keep going. Okay. Keep going because eventually bitch, they going to get there. Okay. Have faith. Okay. But put the work behind the face. All right. So, um, make sure you follow us on IG. Uh, at the anything about everything pod that's the official page of this podcast you know make sure you follow us on there we also have a facebook page but to be honest with you i'm a little bit more active on ig whenever this shit gets popping i'm gonna put some more money into it and actually hire a social media uh person manager if you will um, to actually manage those pages because as of right now, it's literally just me and just me has a lot going on. So, <laughs> so shout out to everybody who has a lot going on, who is still trying to make shit happen. Okay. So, uh, with that being said, moving on to the drink in a pod. Listen, this week we're sip, sipping on a little bit of Edna Valley Vineyard. It's a 2018 Merlot, Merlot, excuse me, Verla. What the fuck? Okay. But it's a 2018 Merlot. It's super smooth with hints of cherry and spice. Would go good with a, a great steak. Oh, let's or 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 a good rib. I love a rib. Don't you love a rib? Look, listen. My husband made some some steak the other day. I didn't even need a knife a knife for it. Cut that shit with a spoon, honey. Yes, get you a man that can cook. Okay. <laughs> Oh, anyways, it was way better than that trash ass wine I had last time because listen, I had to throw that whole thing away. It was just not good. Sorry, Josh or wineries, whatever. So anyways, with that being said, we are going to move on to the songs of the pod. Listen, I've been trying to get back into uh, my music game and, um, you know, actually listen to some new music. It's been hard because the sister has been busy. I've been, you know, working, trying to go to school, trying to produce a podcast, trying to, you know, uh, work out. I mean, I feel like I'm that, uh, that Iron Man meme where he's good, where he's tangling with, uh, who is it? It was like Winter Soldier and, um, and, uh, Captain America and he was getting fucked up. That's how I feel sometimes. Okay. So, uh, with that being said, listen, we are doing the best we can. Um, so that's why the, Sometimes the music will come from, um, you know, mu- songs that I've heard back in the day. And then some. sometimes the music will be a little bit more recent. So that being said, we are going to go ahead and go get into the first song of the pod. I've been really on my drill shit this week. I've been feeling very aggressive. Um, and it's, it's showed by the music that I've been listening to. So this first one is King Von, I Am What I Am. What? It's killer music. It is. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. It's not. Vaughn! Sort of. Heavy on it. <laughs> what? Vaughn! I am what I am. What I'm not, see, I never beat. Niggas whooping up until we meet. Catch him lacking for him on TV. And if I should die, I'm pushing the murder rate. My niggas go slide every day. He been talking to me. Shout out to Bjorn. I am what I am. What I'm not, see, I never beat. Uh-uh. Niggas whooping up until we meet. Catch him lacking for him on TV. And if I should die, I'm pushing the murder rate. My niggas go slide every day. He been talking that shit, I can't wait. Hey, look, you know how we drop. I can wait until we find the block. Forever pop, we ain't never getting cool with the eyes. I can get the money, I'm doing the work. I got it on me, he gets shot. We give a fuck about the dough. 
send me that Addy, I'm coming to you. I just touched down. Fall like Yo, if you say rack. send me the Addy, I'm coming through, I'll be like, what's you gonna do when you get there, though? <laughs> so lame. Yo, that was King Vaughn with I Am What I Am. Look, I, I, like I said, I've been really on my, um, on my, uh, my drill shit. Drill's got a little, it's got, Right now, it's kind of underground. It's more of a regional thing, but eventually, this shit is going. It's gonna go up. It's it's gonna knock the way it's supposed to nationwide. Uh, rest in peace to. Oh my God, Pop Smoke, um, who was starting to really pop in the drill space, and you know niggas was really fucking with him, especially in New York and in uh, New Jersey and all those other places. Um, so rest in peace to him because he was. I think he would have taken drill to the next level. But um, I think it's going to get there anyway. It's just, it's just a matter of time. So uh, with that being said, hey, we're going to move on to the next song of the pod, nigga. Big Sean. Okay, Big Sean. Uh, this, I don't know when this album came out, but it's, I'm really feeling it. Um, actually, it came out in 2020, but whatever, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's being re-released or something like that. But uh, this song, Wolves, with Big Sean featuring Post Malone, is my shit, okay? It's my shit. Shout out to everybody who was raised by the wolves. You know, if, if you were, this song will speak to you. I feel like it. Anyways. I was raised by the wolves. And you got it out the mud. I was raised by the wolves. You came up in a not so nice environment. You know, I was raised by the wolves. Hey. Apes are they fools. Run through the night, playing with your life. Go and get the pack that's risk in your life. Better play it right. Hey, just because you were raised by a wolf doesn't mean you gotta stay with it. I'm just saying. Everything for us, doing everything like everything ain't been too much. You know my favorite time to come through for you is the clutch. Hey. Last second, what a rush! Yeah. I'm the type to talk to the stars. Straight up, I these am. ain't tattoos, these are scars. My young dogs will tear you when the witnesses apart. They care about starving. Shout out to the Superman and Scorpio that's happening Me, tomorrow. Y'all hoes better be ready. I see people fuck up the whole team because <laughs> they couldn't play their position. Talking about dating, mean bitch, you know the world ahead talking to an associate who like I hadn't seen in a while and I was like yo you're like how you doing you mind you this he was a kid he's he's a kid he's like 18 19 about to graduate high school so hey man how you doing he's like yeah he's like I'm sorry I haven't been here you know my brother got shot I had to you know and the sad thing is is I could relate to that the reason why I could be and I don't even have any siblings but you know in my senior year I lost two dear friends and my first love to gang violence. And I like in that moment, while I'm talking to this young man about how he had to bury his cousin and his brother in his senior year, I'm like, fuck, this is happening again. 
it's like an endless cycle of violence and I'm tired. Like, but all I could do is say, you know what, young man, like I'm old as dirt compared to you. Like one day you'll make it to my age and feel old as shit. Right. But all I could say is I'm sorry that you had to go through that because you shouldn't have to. And then I thought about all the trauma that this young man is going to have to process going forward in his adult life, losing his brother. His brother was shot in the neck and I'm like, damn, uh, he's got, he's got a lot of work ahead of him and he doesn't even realize it yet because he's, he's a little too young to really process the trauma that he's been forced to go through the situations that cause the trauma that you're forced to go through. But man, if you lost a loved one, especially at a young age, you know, you know, pain, you're, you have, you have an intimate rela relationship with pain in a different way. And all I can do is say, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. So with that being said, we're going to love it. It says shit. We're going to move on to the next song of the pod, which is going to be the last one. And we're not going to have a possible this week because we got a lot to get to. So with that being said, uh, the next song of the pod is by uh, an artist that I discovered like last week. His name is Eli Sostre. I think that's, I don't know how you say his name. It, Eli, so e E-L-I and then S-O-S-T-R-E, however you say that. This is a song from 2017, but it's still not. It still goes. So it's called Let You Go. It's a, you know, I had to slow it down. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. system yo. <laughs> that was a dark place that just shows what how I feel about intimacy <laughs> anyways no I'm just kidding I'm totally just kidding now with that being said hey listen those are the songs of the pod this week we will be right back with shit from the shade room we got a, a lot to get to um so stick around okay Welcome back to the Anything About Everything podcast. We're moving right along to the shit from the shade room. Listen, I don't know what's good. I, I, t I said at the beginning of 2020 and a few other creatives have said this as well. 2021 has felt mighty 2020-ish. 
and so much so that I keep calling it 2020, to be honest with you, which I just did. Um, I don't know what's happening, but it just feels like it's uh, surrounded by death. It's it's like it's death has just been all up and through 2021, and it's a lot. It's just it's too much. Um, right when I mean, for, it's in the la- just in the last what two weeks? Not even in the last month. In the last two weeks, um, it started with DMX. Right? We knew DMX was sick. And to be honest with you, because my relationship with death is so intimate, I started warning him before they even announced that he passed. And that's just facts. Just because of uh, what was being said about his medical condition, um, I have seen that before where it's like, okay, someone is clearly brain dead and, you know, the family has to make a decision. I'm like, okay, I already know how this is going to play out. So let me just get my fucking brain together now okay let me just go ahead and get this out the way let me cry about it let me drink about it let me let me do all the unhealthy things (laughs) about it and um you know and then a couple days later then the announcement came that he had in fact passed and it's like damn okay well all right we knew this was coming like we we knew it was it still hurt a little bit but we prepared ourselves and then we got a rib punch in black rob we kind of knew that Black Rob was not in a good place because of the photograph that surfaced. And by we, I mean the black community, the hip hop community specifically. We knew that he was not in a good place because the, the, the picture that surfaced of him, he looked like a smooth cancer patient. And I say that with all the respect that is due um, of anyone who is suffering through terminal cancer but that or or uh, another terminal illness. That's how he looked. He looked like he was battling something that uh, would cause someone to be terminally ill. And to be honest with you, after that, I was like, uh-oh, it's not, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Then the next thing you know, a couple days later, we get the news. He passed. And then the shot, I mean, like, the shock, not no pun intended here. The shock heard around the world. Shock G, up, up, and and it passes away at you know the age of fifty one. What? Like this is it? I don't even know. And I know they go in threes. And mind you, all this around the five year anniversary of the passing of what is the greatest artist of my of of ever, which is Prince. So we're already, the world is already, you know, putting up their purple hearts and, and singing purple rain. And they're also putting up their X's and, you know, uh, the the rough riders are riding throughout the streets of Yonkers and New York and Philly and everywhere else. Um, I, I even saw someone today at the mall with a a rough riders, uh, leather jacket on with, which he had uh, motorcycle leathers on, which, you know, which, you know, was a big part of that culture back then. Um, that, especially that particular song, because, you know, they were out in the streets, they were doing what they do. That, that was, it was a thing. It still is. So, you know, I, I, I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. Can we just, can we get through a week? Can we get through a week without someone that we have, that we all felt connected to as a collective, like without them dying? Can we just get through a week? That's, that's it. Like I've, I've talked to my therapist way too many times this, this, this past couple of weeks, uh, because I can't, 
seem to process these these passings quite fast enough. They're coming about. They're coming at me too fast. They're like Chung Lee, uh, you know, throwing kicks in in, in uh, Street Fighter. I feel like I'm trying to dodge all of them. Like all the grief is just coming. It's just coming. It's just coming. So. <laughs> I just need a break, universe. If you could just do that, that would be great. Like, you know, I know that it's supposed to be hot girl summer. We're, we're trying to start the hot girl summer. Um, I need a very tepid summer, a very mild summer, if you will. Get, just give me a, a margarita and a sundress summer. I don't need to drop it down like, like it's low summer. My back is fucked up. Um, I'm like, I'm, I'm coming to grips with the fact that I'm damn near 40 and can't really do a hot girl summer anymore. I need a mild summer. Yeah. A lukewarm summer actually. So, uh, with that being said, rest in peace to three artists that I've truly identified with that, you know, spoke to a very angry teenager. <laughs> that was me. And, and a lot of other angry teenagers and hip hop heads uh, back in the day. Um, and, and think about Shock G as he was not angry. Uh, if you listen to Digital Underground, it was happy music. It was party music. It was have fun music. It, it was, you know, what some might say, oh, he has some problematic lyrics. Of the three, his shit was like the least amount problematic, you know. And I mean... If had it not been for Digital Underground, we probably we might not have even gotten uh, Pac. So I mean, thank you so much, Shock G and Digital Underground, for um, your contributions to the hip hop community, the hip hop space, and the world as a whole. Because listen, I've I've partied all over this world. Hip hop goes all over this world. Hip hop goes off all over this world. With the party don't stop. The party don't jump without us, okay? With without the hip hop community and anybody, there are a lot of artists that are from the '80s and '90s that are still making a living by touring in places like Japan and fucking Taiwan. But you know why? Because they still pay, okay, to go see those artists and they still make their money and they still and they still get their hit their you know they still get their lives to you know the the the, the bops that we bop to back in the day. So. Listen, hip hop is bigger than just, you know, the United States. So with that being said, thank you so much to those three artists and to everybody else who has passed uh, for the um, contributions that you have made to this to this world. We love you and we miss you. And we're praying for your family and sending them light and love. Moving on to someone who didn't. Know. Well, I won't. Okay. Moving on to someone who has been charged and convicted with murder. Officer, well, disgraced officer, Derek Chauvin. Okay. He, last week, he was convicted of murdering um, George Floyd. The one thing that I want to say about this uh, is that this is a form of accountability that the black community that has been talking about we need to see more of when it comes to cops killing um, African-Americans, specifically unarmed African-Americans. This is not justice, though. Justice, that would imply that there was a righting of a wrong. That would imply that something was made whole again, meaning that we could bring 
George Floyd back or that Derek Chauvin would lose his life, which honestly would do no good because we can't get George Floyd back, even if Derek Chauvin was put to death, which is kind of why I'm not really 100% for the death penalty. Um, there will never, this will never be justice. Uh, I'm also kind of keeping my eyes and ears open for what the verdict, I mean, not the verdict, but the sentencing will be. That's what we're going to see if y'all are really about what y'all say y'all about. Because yes, he was guilty on all counts, but are you going to give him a slap on the wrist or are you going to give him the whole shebang? Okay. So, because most of us feel like if it were us, we would get the whole shebang. They would take out the kitchen sink from the fucking kitchen and throw it at us, throw it at our foreheads. I'm just saying it would be, yo, 25 to life, period. Lock them up, throw away the key, put them under the jail, whatever. But because this person was a, a former officer, um, you know, we're concerned that he might get a more lenient sentence than, say, the average citizen. I would say, and, and this is just me, I feel like if you're an officer of the law or if you wear some sort of uniform where you are supposed to be in public service to the community and you fuck up this bad, I almost feel like you got to get a worse sentence, honestly. And the reason why I say that is this, because you are giving privilege, okay? You are giving the benefit of the doubt. Um, it is your job to protect the community. It is your job to make sure that the community that you are working in is safe from, you know, those who would do it harm. But if you yourself, in fact, are the ones that one that is doing it harm, then bitch, you need to pay. Okay. And you need to pay a hefty price so that the other motherfuckers that are in your organization know that, Hey, there is no tolerance for that bullshit. Okay. Um, I served in the United States Marine Corps for 15 years. And let me tell you something, the slightest infraction could get your ass hemmed up, get a DUI in the Marine Corps and watch your whole fucking career go down the drain. Okay. So uh, what are we saying that the cops who are walking around and, and don't get me wrong, uh, though, you know, most of us, okay. So in the Marine Corps, we say once a, uh, every Marine, every Marine is a rifleman, right? Uh, most of us know how to fire an M16A2 service rifle or A4, depending on when you came in. Uh, if you're a staff and CR officer, you know how to fire a nine millimeter, uh, you know, sidearm or whatever. You're not carrying that all the time. Right. But still you're expected to behave in a manner that is above reproach, bitch. You are expected to to hold yourself to a higher standard because you are in this organization called the United States Marine Corps. And if <laughs> I feel like the cops, they're, they're uniform members. They get a lot of privileges just like we do. Okay. Most of the time you will get a 10, 20% discount wherever the fuck you go. Um, you might be able to get, you know, uh, I'm not sure of all the benefits that come with being a police officer, but I do know it is hefty. So with great, privilege comes great responsibility and where it should anyways. So if you fuck up this bad, you should get your dick fucking cut. Okay. Period. As far as I'm concerned. All right. So 
Moving on to, let me talk into the mic. Moving on to the next topic. Next on the docket, all that good stuff. Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California. Let me just go ahead and say this. Um, no. No, bitch, no. And it ain't because you're trans, because let me tell you something. I support, I am an ally and a member of the LGBTIA plus community. No, bitch, we don't want it. Okay. Now, there might be some members of the community that might want it, but California, I, I doubt it, okay? Uh, first of all, California didn't, didn't fuck with Trump or any of his policies, not really. Um, you were a staunch Trump supporter until you realized that he wasn't supporting you um, and other, other trans people, trans men and trans women who were straight up being erased and you know, not being able to obtain services such as healthcare. Uh, they were not being, they were no longer being protected under, um, certain civil rights, uh, laws and guidelines and things of that nature due to the policies that were enacted by that administration. All of a sudden you felt fucking betrayed. No bitch, you betrayed the community that embraced you when they straight up said, you know what? We don't even believe that you're fucking trans. So, okay, whatever. I say that to say, I, I just don't think this is a good move. I, and not only that, I'm tired of fucking celebrities in politics. Give me a good old boring ass, uh, poli sci major from Dartmouth. I'm tired, uh, preferably, you know, one of color, but, um, yeah, I'm just saying like, I, I don't, I don't want any more celebrity fucking politicians for quite a while. Um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't bad. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. And then we saw Trump and, and we're all just like, okay, listen, Joe Biden, all he has to do is just breathe and he'll just be doing better than what Trump has been doing or, or Trump did for the last eight or four years. Because listen, literally ridiculous. Um, the world literally has been in shambles ever since that motherfucker got in office in 2017. So with that being said, Caitlin, boo-boo, go figure out you know, your next, you know, dress ensemble, figure out what shoes you're going to wear and just go down and go, go somewhere and, you know, sit down and be beautiful and rich, uh, and, and leave the politics to the politicians, honey, leave the, I mean, and, and I, and I say this with love because I, I don't trust that she will do what is necessary for those who are disenfranchised, for those who have been left out of the conversation on purpose. I don't, I, I'm, I, I don't trust that she has the best interest at heart for all Californians, not just the rich ones. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't believe that she does. And so with that being said, California is already struggling, honey. It's already struggling. And I don't know that you got the fucking stones to, uh, you know, <laughs> to bring California where it needs to be. Um, I did see the story on the shade room. I, I will say this. I was absolutely disgusted by some of the comments that I saw on there. You know, there were comments like, oh, why would, why should they trust you? You couldn't even be the man of your own house. And it's like, can y'all motherfuckers just not be ignorant? Like, can you, can, I mean, seriously, like, okay, so this trans woman decided that she was going to up, open up and become who she wanted to be in her later stages in life. And all of a sudden it's, you couldn't be the man you needed to be, man. If y'all don't get this 
fucking 18th century patriarchal bullshit out of my face. It's really ridiculous. No, she shouldn't be the governor of California because she's not fit for the fucking job and, and, and grossly unqualified, not because she's fucking trans. Okay. So let, let's make that distinction right there. Okay. Absolutely ridiculous. Grow up people and, and become enlightened. I don't know. And, you know, open your minds. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, cause there are some people, some tr- people, uh, some trans men and women who are in government, who are qualified, who can make sound decisions that are based on, um, you know, the metrics that, and, and, uh, and the statistics and, uh, on research and, and things of that nature, they can make educated decisions. And I'm not saying that, uh, Caitlin can't, but what I am saying is she's grossly unfucking qualified. So why should she become the governor of California simply because she's a, a white, rich trans woman who, who just so happens to want to run for governor? No, bitch. No, no. We're sick of unqualified people running for fucking, uh, you know, public office who don't even know what the fucking job entails. Bitch, you ain't never done nothing for nobody else that, you know, that, that didn't service you. So why the fuck we expect you to become the governor of California? And this is near and dear to my heart because I am a Californian, okay? Los Angeles, California, and I was there for Governor Schwarzenegger. And though he wasn't a bad governor, I'll say this, uh, I was looking at him a little suspect too, okay? So I'm good. Thank you. I don't know how the... And and as a cis heterosexual woman, I I get that... I've said heterosexual, I've said bisexual, bitch, I don't know what the fuck I identify as. However, I am a, I'm a cisgendered woman. But what I will say is this, I love all people. I love, you know, trans women, trans men. However, if you're not qualified to do the job, then you shouldn't be able to do the fucking job, period. Okay. Moving on to the next topic. So DMX is public memorial was this weekend and it was absolutely beautiful. The choirs were amazing. The speeches were amazing. All of the staras from New York were in attendance and it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, a great send off for a great artist. Um, with all of this death and, uh, you know, untimely loss that we have experienced, it was also great to, be able to see two artists, two hip hop artists, two men, um, do their thing on stage who are in their, what, late forties, I would say late forties, early fifties. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, um, put red and meth over their age, but my God, they looked amazing. Uh, their verses happened this past weekend or well, actually on 420. So not this weekend, but the last, what, last Tuesday, Oh my God, what a time, what a time. Even though it really wasn't a versus because these things weren't versing. Like there, it was no, it was no competition. They're like, they weren't competing against each other. They were like along for, they were just like, yeah, no, you go. Like it was super, it was super fun. And I, I, I love both of these artists. I grew up, uh, you know, wishing I was Wu-Tang. <laughs> so, um, uh, just to watch Red and Meth, you know, uh, perform with each other, do each other's ad-libs and shit. It was amazing. And I know some people were like, I don't want to see this because 
you know, they can't really go, they're not really going up against each other. Man, listen, just enjoy the fucking, just enjoy the, the show. How about that? Okay, I get it. It's not really a versus because it's, it's not really a competition. There's no tension there. Okay, so like with Brandy and Monica, there was no tension there. Monica slapped the shit out of Brandy. We all knew it. We all saw it. Well, not we didn't see it, but we all knew it. Okay, Gucci and fucking Jeezy. Somebody literally died, allegedly. <laughs> okay, um, you know, you know, I don't know how this person died. All I know was there's there was death around that that camp or whatever. Um, and there was still tension in the room. They had to have the niggas separated, everything. I mean, it, there and there was one time where, G, where uh, fucking Gucci was talking. I was like, does he still want smoke or no? But with this, it was it was very happy. And let me tell you something. Anything in 2021 that's, that's giving happiness, I'm here for it. Because we have been just inundated with death and destruction and sadness. And I need something that's going to make me smile. Okay. So for all y'all talking about this was not embarrassing. Who cares? Shut up. Okay. Just sit down, get yourself a beer or a glass of wine, get your weed and your fucking shrooms or your edibles or whatever. Sit down, shut the fuck up and enjoy the goddamn show. Okay. So that's how, that's all I had to say about that. Uh, and last but not least on Friday, the hubs and I sat down and watched Mortal Kombat. Now, as a nerd that grew up on this uh, this video game, I, I will say this: I was, I thought I thought they took an interesting twist um, for you know for the storyline. I enjoyed the fight scenes, which was really all I was concerned about. Because let's be clear, bitch, if you're watching Mortal Kombat for like some cinematic masterpiece what the fuck are you doing like it's not gonna be the titanic bitch it's not gonna be like lilies of the fern galley or whatever the fuck it's gonna be it's gonna be murderous and you're gonna see some gore and blood and guts and violence and all that shit that's what you're supposed to see bitch it's mortal combat okay this is not the fucking care bears okay so i i really i do i enjoyed myself i'm you know kind of scrolling the internet to see what the rest of the nerd uh, community has to say about it. But so far, it seems like people have enjoyed it, which they should have. I mean, the first one, the first one was cheesy, but it was good cheese. It was a good Gouda. <laughs> I mean, it was a good Gouda. Um, nothing wrong with good goo. All right. So, you know, sit down, have fun, get your life, watch some fight scenes and, you know, enjoy it that's what you're supposed to do it's not it's not like this like like i said it's not gonna be this dramatic cinematic masterpiece although there was some drama in there okay my girl scorpion came through at the last minute he did her thing i love i love switching up genders but anyways um <laughs> so yeah no uh sub-zero was was very cunt as as he was in the fucking video game, I hated fighting Sub Zero. I always felt like it was just not fair. So, yeah, no, fuck them hoes. Um, <laughs> with that being said, we are gonna go ahead and close out this segment of shit from the shade room. Listen, if you want to hear anything discussed on the show, be sure to hit us up on our IG page or email us at anything about everything pod at gmail.com. And we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the value added conversation. This one is going to be, it's going to be quick. It's going to be short. I just have a couple things to say. 
So I know as a millennial, um, we love to say that something has triggered us. It's one of our favorite catchphrases. Um, it's, it's literally become like the joke at the party, like hashtag triggered. Um, I, and don't get me wrong. I, I'm not, I would never try to discount anyone's trauma or a lived experience. That's not what this is about. What I will say is this, that if, um, why are we being triggered? That that's something that I question, um, that I've been questioning now at in the last couple of months, I guess you could say, um, we have all suffered trauma in some way, form or fashion. No one lives on this earth and, and just suffers nothing. Um, and I'm not going to say that everyone suffers the same type of trauma. However, um, you know, some, and some is definitely worse than others, but I worry that, you know, we limit the expression of others because we ourselves are triggered. And it's one thing if we don't want to discuss something because we're not ready to discuss it. And it's another thing. And it's like, oh my God, I'm triggered. I, I, I do worry that we are not allowing people to, um, express themselves in a full way. And really it kind of speaks to our own, to the work that we have to do on ourselves when you say that you're triggered. Okay. And I'll, I'll use myself as an example, right? And (laughs) trigger warning. Okay. Not to be facetious or ironic or anything like that, but, um, I am a sexual assault survivor, survivor, um, many people who are in my life know this and, you know, I understand that, you know, there, you know, there are some people who have sex that have suffered sexual trauma who are not ready to deal with that in a real way that will help them heal. Right. However, you should no matter whether you're ready to deal with it or not, Sometimes you just got to fucking get that strong and suck that shit up and get to dealing with the dealing because you can't just walk through life talking about I'm triggered. And then what happens is that scar never heals. And then every time that you see something that reminds you of that unfortunate fucked up event that happened to you, you're going to just say I'm triggered and then you're just going to walk away. And it's like, uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe deal with the triggering and and then be able to somehow move past that event and be able to actually engage in the conversation that might be uncomfortable. Cause I feel like triggered puts a, it puts uh, puts a a period on the conversation where it should be a comma. The the conversation should probably might, you know, in some instances need to proceed so that healing and growth can happen. But in many instances it doesn't because the person just says, okay, listen, I'm triggered. I'm just going to walk away from the situation. It's like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. We were having a, a genuine discussion here, you know? So, um, if you find yourself saying that I'm triggered, uh, a lot and don't get me wrong, it's okay, um, to be triggered, but you know, what, what do you do after that? What do you do after you're triggered? 
do you just recognize it and fucking just say, okay, <laughs> well, I was triggered and, and that's it. And so I don't want to have this conversation or do you say that I was triggered and I want to deal with this, uh, with the triggering and, you know, kind of process these emotions. Um, and, and also, I think we overuse the word a little bit. So I think that's a, a genuine conversation for another day that I would love to unpack. So for me, uh, something that used to trigger me was I couldn't um, handle uh, nipple stim- stimulation of any kind because it would take me back to a place where I was being molested. And I realized that when... You know, I had uh, an ex-boyfriend who, you know, wanted to stimulate my nipples and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't take it because it would literally take me back to that unfortunate event that happened to me. I mean, then I realized like, hold on, man, like I like the way I feel when my nipples are being stimulated, but my brain is going somewhere else. I need to work on this. Okay. Like, because I shouldn't have to go through life not experiencing you know, those sensations simply because, you know, I was molested when I was what 13 or whatever, like, no, figure out a way, you know, do the work, the go through life with it or go figure out a way to get to the healing process or go through the healing process. So that way, you know, you can experience this sensation without it being taken to a dark place for you mentally. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people fail to do, um, especially in our generation. Like millennials are, are, are known for saying, hey, listen, I suffer from, from anxiety. And it's like, well, what are you doing to, you know, uh, address that anxiety? You know what I'm saying? Are you just saying that you, you suffer from anxiety because you want me to know how to navigate dealing with you? Or are you just saying, or, or are you actively working on this anxious feeling and, you know, uh, trying to become a more well-rounded person. And, I, and I'm not saying that as an attack on anyone who suffers from anxiety or depression or me- mental health or anything like that, because listen, we all have our demons. Um, what I'm saying is don't ignore your demons, address them because they're not going to go away. You know what I'm saying? Actively work through them. Now, if you are working through them, and someone keeps um, deliberately trying to engage in a, in a subject that you're not ready to address, okay, that's, that's fucked up, okay? Because you're not ready to deal with it. You haven't fully processed it. Um, and, you know, they could be dredging up some, some emotions that they're not really ready, that you're not ready to handle. And there's something to be said for that. But if you're just ignoring them, you might want to stop doing that because that pain is never going to go away unless you address it. So that's all I have to say on that. That was the value added conversation for uh, this week. So if you're feeling triggered, you might want to ask yourself why and what you're doing to address that trigger moment. I will be right back with the You've Got Mail segment. If you're enjoying any part of this podcast, remember to like, share, subscribe, and download this podcast wherever you enjoy your podcast content. Also, remember to submit your questions to anythingabouteverythingpod at gmail.com. That's anythingabouteverythingpod, all one word, at gmail.com. 
Also, don't forget to tell a friend. And now let's get back to the show. All right. Welcome to the You've Got Mail segment. So I have an update um, from one of the listeners that wrote in early on regarding a polyamorous question. And we were able to give some advice and it looks like the advice worked out. So it says, so after I wrote the update, and this is from the listener, it says, so after I wrote the update, like the next day, a woman that we tried to get involved with reached out to a mutual friend and asked her to pass the number along. Immediately, we all hit it off and had her come over to catch up uh, over the weekend. We smoked, talked, drank, and expressed that we were all what we were all looking for. Look at that communication was happening. Communication. Um, it says we didn't get sexual until the last day, came, um, the last day that she came to visit. But the previous two days, we all slept in the same bed and chilled. But the last day, you could <laughs> you could tell that everyone was feeling the sexual tension. After she left, we started talking like every day and. <laughs> And a week later, she came back and kicked it for a week. I was like, y'all, y'all, y'all are awesome. Like, this is a, like a lesbian timeline. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. Because lesbians move really, really quickly. So I've heard. But anyways, it says, after that week, uh, wifey and I decided that we wanted to be exclusive. Uh, so that was around April 11th. But things are going well. Wifey is up and down because she is really feeling her. Um, but she's scared and nervous. Oh, girl is the, is feeling the same way, but she's a bit more extroverted than wifey. But we talk every day and have been having some serious conversations already, which is kind of scary, but it's also productive. Um, everyone is learning each other and it is amazing. I am so happy for y'all. Let me just tell you, the reason why I'm happy for y'all is because I love hearing about uh, couples experimenting and figuring out, you know, how to... Um, you know, find what works for them. Uh, I don't think that every couple is meant to be in this like super monogamous, restricted uh, type of relationship. Um, I, I just, I don't think that's a. I don't. If that were the case, then we would then then cheating just would not be a thing. I don't. I don't think that the cheating is the problem. I think that, that cheating is like how we address it is the problem. That's just me. But anyways, um, I was listening to RuPaul talk about his marriage and he said, you know, somebody said, you know, when did you know that you wanted your like marriage to be open? He was like, well, it's not that I necessarily wanted it. It's just like, I mean, why would I want to put restrictions on my partner? He's like, if, he's like, I know that this man loves me beyond you know, anything. So if you find something that, you know, you want to connect with that makes you happy, um, you know, that is not self-deprecating, why would I want to keep you from that? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, let's, let's talk about it and let's move forward. So, and for some couples, whether they be heterosexual, um, homosexual or, you know, bisexual or polyamorous or what have you, I think they understand what it is that they need in their particular relationships and they're able to move forward within those relationships. Okay. So, uh, great job guy. 
And I'm so happy for you guys. And let us know how things progress. I'm super, super interested, okay? So we have a letter this week from a listener. It says, hi, dear anything about everything. So happy I came across your podcast. How you managed to pack so much into a, into such a small window of time is beyond me. Uh, the reason why I'm writing into this, uh, writing in <laughs> to you is because I have a genuine question. Well, I would hope so, sis. Um, how do you know if someone who is in a BDSM dynamic is being abused? I have a dear friend who is submissive with a masochistic tendency. Um, we have been friends for over a decade. And even though I myself am not in that lifestyle, I have a little bit of knowledge on the subject by being in such close proximity to her. I've gone with her to parties and events, and I also, and I was also there to lend an ear whenever she needs. Recently, she has been sharing some things about her current dynamic, which have troubled me a bit. Her dominance seems to be pushing past boundaries, which were once off limits to her. She swears she's happy and that everything is okay, but I can't help but be concerned for my friend. I'm worried that my friend is compromising her worth and standards to satisfy the needs and desires of her dominant. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Thanks. I'm going to give you a pseudonym. Let's go with Bumblebee. Hi, Bumblebee. Okay. <laughs> a little busy, busy bee. So, um, first of all, your friend is lucky to have a friend like you who is genuinely concerned about her well-being. So there's that. Okay. Um, I would also say that, uh, because just due to the nature of submissive dominant, um, dynamics, it is easy to fall into a relationship that is not necessarily the healthiest simply because you are saying as, especially as a submissive, you're saying I'm handing over the keys to you as the dominant and you do with them what you will, okay? Um, not everybody is worthy of the keys. Not everybody knows how to handle this type of vehicle. Not everybody is well-versed in, um, you know, even leading in a, within a relationship in, in a way that is productive, okay? And, and, um, and not only productive, but supportive, especially for submissive. So with that being said, you are, you're, you have a right to be concerned, I think, because you're a friend and you uh, support her in many ways. Um, I will say this. There are some dominants who feel like it is their job to push boundaries. Okay. Meaning that if you wanted to stay the same, you would have just stayed in a vanilla relationship. Okay. Um, a lot of dominants feel like okay, I understand your boundaries. However, do you also want to grow? Because a lot of this is about self-discovery and about, um, and also about self-empowerment. And, you know, that comes with a little bit of pushing of the boundaries. It's like, but <laughs> Are those boundaries the hard limits or are those boundaries the soft limits? Because that, that's also a thing too. Because I guarantee you that nobody who has ever been fisted before 
has ever said, yeah, I think I'm going to get fisted today. Never happened. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't think that has happened. Okay. Um, with that being said though, you, you will never know what you can do until you are faced with a moment that leads you to say, okay, can I do this or can't I? Okay. So there's that. However, however, if you have said straight up, Hey, listen, um, you know, anything dealing with needles, nah, I'm good. No needle play or anything dealing with, uh, blood or, or, or fecal matter. I'm good. This is a hard limit for me. And you know, I'm not compromising on that. And the person just disregarded your, your hard limit and then went past that. Okay. That that's a problem because now we are not, um, really, um, we're, we're not actually acknowledging the fact that this person needed to give consent to some of these acts, especially if they've already stated that it is a hard limit for them. Okay. So with that being said, you want to make sure that your friend, you know, maybe just ask her, um, if she is, uh, you know, effectively communicating her boundaries to her dominant. And if he is a good dominant, okay, he would, he would require that of her. Okay. Because in, in that sort of dynamic commu the communication has to be next level. It has to be top notch. It can't be on some like regular, like vanilla shit because you're not doing regular things. You are dealing with things that can, can and have, uh, produce traumatic events uh, for people or dredged up traumatic memories that, um, you know, a person might not be ready to actually deal with. Um, also, some people just might not want to engage in some of those activities for whatever reason. So if they say no, then that's what the fuck it is. It's no. Okay. Um, so your question prompted me to kind of look up um, something that, um, you know, some, some concepts that we might want to keep in mind, um, when it comes to making sure that a relationship, whether it be vanilla or dominant and submissive is actually a healthy relationship. The first one, the first two concepts are communication and honesty. Okay. This cannot, like I said, this can't be stressed enough. The communication has to be top notch and it has to be honest communication. So if she is not comfortable with something or whatever boundaries that he is pushing her to, um, to push past, then, you know, she's got, she's, she also has to put on her big girl pants and say, you know, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this. And I understand from someone who has been a submissive that, you know, listen, you're, you want to please your dominant and make your dominant happy. But at the same time, you also have to keep in mind your own happiness and your own autonomy and make sure that you are actually, um, engaging in activities that you want to engage in. So, and if you don't want to engage in something or you're uncomfortable with something, you need to voice that, say that because you don't, don't just expect your dominant to just know. You know, I think a lot of, so much pressure is placed on dominance and tops. Um, but, and, and it's almost unfair. It, it really is. We as submissives, it's like, we expect motherfuckers to just be mind readers. And it's like, no, no. Sometimes you got to straight up say, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this. So she needs to do that. Physical and mental health. 
uh, or mental and physical health. Let me put, let me put the mental part in front of the physical part, because honestly, um, there are a lot of motherfuckers that they can take a, <laughs> they can take a caning or they can take uh, a lot of physical, for lack of a better word, that is less, uh, triggering punishment. Okay. There are a lot of people out here that can take, uh, you know, a, a, a good, good spanking, <laughs> like an extreme spanking that can, to the point of bruising or even bleeding. There are some people who can take that and it wouldn't phase them. Okay. They even, they even like it and prefer it. However, if you spoke to them in a way that is unkind, they would probably be fucked up for weeks, even months and sometimes years. So you have to make sure that you are taking care of each other's mental and physical health, um, while in these dynamics and especially in, and, you know, really just in a relationship. Okay. So, uh, make sure, you know, that they're doing those mental health checks. Are they up for reevaluation, um, of the, of the relationship of the dynamic? Are they open to counseling? There are some counselors out there who specialize in BDSM couples who are able to just kind of, you know, do some checks and uh, make sure that, you know, both parties are operating in a way that is conducive to the relationship. Okay. Um, the next thing is consent and respect. Um, and I cannot, I can't stress this enough. Consent is key, especially in these types of relationships. Consent is, I mean, it is everything. It is absolutely everything. It's what separates the BDSMers and the lifestylers from the vanillas. Because let's be clear, there are a lot of people who are in the vanilla space who are doing the exact same things um, that people in the uh, kink space and the BDSM space are doing. They're just not talking about it. They're not get. They're not getting that consent, that uh, that positive affirmation, that enthusiastic consent. Like, yes, this is what I want to do. A lot of them are not. Okay. Let's, let's be clear. Um, a lot of cis heterosexual couples, they don't fucking talk. Not, not really. Not, I mean, it's like 3d chess. There are levels to this shit. And the conversations that happen in the, in the kink space are totally different from the conversations that happen in vanilla spaces. So we want to make sure that, um, that consent is being enthusiastically given because, uh, because that person actually wants to give their consent and actually is interested in doing whatever the activity that the dominant wants them to do and vice versa. Um, because let's be clear, a lot of submissives try to uh, get doms to do things that they don't want to do either. And that's not right either. So consent needs to be enthusiastically given on both sides whether it's the, from the top to the bottom or to the bottom to the top. Okay. Or from the S to the D, to the D to the S, it needs to be enthusiastic on both parts and just respect. If you're not, if he doesn't respect you, meaning, um, if you say, Hey, listen, I'm not cool with this. And you still try to, you know, say, Hey, listen, you know, fuck with, fuck, fuck with what you talking about. You already said you gave yourself to me and you know, um, it is what it is. Like you need to just buck up and do what the fuck I say. That's not respect. That's not respect. Okay. Having the conversation is a sign of respect. 
Okay. Understanding why this might be a hard limit for somebody or a soft limit. That's giving someone respect. Understanding that this person might not be able to give you what you need or what you want at that time because they're just not able to, or they don't fucking want to. That's respect. Okay. Now, um, if you, I would just say, have the conversation with her, make sure that those things are, those concepts are, are present in her dynamic, or at least pose the question and then go from there. Okay. So thank you, Bumblebee for writing in and please do let us know how it goes. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be right back with the wine about it segment. Welcome to the wine about it segment. So this is going to be really brief. Okay. So listen, if you ask me for the truth, don't get mad when I actually tell you. Okay. Because I think a lot of people think that because I'm a Libra and because, you know, I'm so nice that when they come to me asking me what the truth is, that I won't tell them straight up. And it's just not so. Okay. It's just not. Um, most times I'll try to, I'll try to wrap it in a nice bow. Okay. Sometimes, um, others, I just don't have time, nor do I have the energy. And I'm just going to tell you straight up, Hey, listen, you fucking up. (laughs) Okay. Now don't get mad at me when I tell you, you fucking up. When I tell you, Hey, listen, uh, your reputation around these parts is not what you think it is. Or, you know, you have some areas of opportunity that you need to work on. Don't get mad at me when I point out the obvious sis or bro. Don't do it because I'm not the one uh, I'm, I'm not your tears. Not going to mean shit to me, boo. Not going to mean shit to me because it didn't mean shit to you when you were doing what you're doing to gain this, you know, fucked up reputation or, you know, what have you. So with that being said, I'm, I'm not going to go on, on and on and on about this. Um, I just really hate it when people just come to you and they're just like, I don't understand why I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that, you know, the X, Y, and Z. And it's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's like when someone comes to you and they're like, I, this used to happen to me when I was a, when I was a a personal trainer, people would come to me like, I don't understand why I'm not losing weight. I don't understand. I run, I do this, I do X, Y, and Z, and I'm not seeing no results. I'm like, since I just saw you over in the Burger King parking lot, two hours ago. What are you talking about? And I saw you there yesterday and the day before. And they're like, yeah, but I was just, no. You walked into the gym eating a big, eating a Whopper, sis. What, what do you want me to do with that? Okay. What do you want me to do? Okay. You're not seeing results because you haven't changed. Okay. And that's just point blank period in the discussion. And some people, they're never going to change. Sad, but true. Sad, but true. But Don't get mad at me when I tell you, hey, listen, you're not getting the results that you want because of your actions. That's on you, sis, not me. Relax. Relax. So anyways, (laughs) that was it for the Wine About It segment. Y'all, if anybody has ever asked you a question and they got mad at you when you told them the truth, they weren't really mad at you. They were really mad at themselves. They, they were expecting you to lie to them. And when they, and when you didn't, they were just like, you know what? I don't even need this. <laughs> so anyways, mm, I hope that you guys have an amazing week. We are going to be right back to wrap up the show. All right. All right. 
It's about that time, yo. It's a Saturday night, and I hope you guys have a wonderful week ahead of you. Hey. Listen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us once again. I had a little bit too much wine to drink. It's all good, though. <laughs> Everybody feels like I'm with the team. We all stars. Hey, take this energy with you. Take this energy with you into the week. Hey, listen, remember the questions. If it is not adding value, then why are we doing it? And if we, and if it. And if we're not adding some, a value to somebody else's life, then why are we there? It's just a question, y'all. It's just a question. How about the whole gang get geek? Yeah, yeah. How about that? How about the whole gang get breached? Yeah, yeah. How about that? How about we run the whole scene? Yeah, yeah. Whole scene. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Don't say. Thank you for joining us, guys, for episode 17. We'll be back next week with a whole new show. Make sure you join us. Make sure you tell a friend. Thanks again. Oh.